I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome back to Unashamed. We are, uh, this will release a little bit later, but we are recording today on Halloween, and I thought we were supposed to dress up. I've been dressing up <laughs> since the last time I shaved. I mm, thought we were going to do this episode. Six years ago. In the costume. This is yeah. the costume. Zach looks like a pumpkin. Um, He's in orange. <laughs> a very Thank slim you. pumpkin. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm wearing natural by the Lord Almighty. You've Come actually on. got on unashamed gear. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, I was waiting for that perfect time in Louisiana to wear this nice unashamed nation sweatshirt, which I've had for about it's cold here eight or nine months. And there's a few days per year where it gets chilly in Louisiana, and today is one of them. Yep. And it's not duck season, which is unlucky. Yeah, that's right, because this probably would have been pretty good to hunt. I'm thinking hmm. it is. I'm pumping around the clock. We've, we've been on that. that uh, it's been a drought. Been a drought. So we've been pumping around the clock, just just add diesel just to keep pumping, to keep pumping. What's that setting you back? Huh? <laughs> Yeah, no, you need to be looking at your bank. <laughs> you know, they got me. I noticed Jace, Jason, oh, all them were barking orders, and Willie's getting his dish. Open up the can. And I said, I got this fuel wheel down here, $1,800. You know, I said, they said, well, what are you doing about it? I mean, we don't, we, you know, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jace, you opened the door. <laughs> you did, Jace. I, I knew he was fixed to brother. say that when he was, feels like. I mean, this feel he kept he kept saying. For years, that. Dad was like he did all that, but now it's more. I of didn't a, charge them because it's a group effort now. Because <laughs> they were on their way up, but when they got with their way up, and they got money in the bank, and you know, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What old Dad doing down in there? <laughs> I said, I'm still buying this blooming diesel and that's all this it. gasoline and that's all that. What mm. happened to our partnership? Yeah, yeah, at some point, the moral of that story is at some point, we started getting the bill. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I told Miss Kay, their mama, I said, oh, you need to be sending them boys a bill. They divided it up three ways. It's pretty steep. Yeah. Oh, I love. I knew it. that was a sensitive oh. subject. Yeah, we just. I was glad. Unashamed that. nation gets to help mediate our business. <laughs> you know, they call down and tell me I got my man hired already. I got pieces of equipment that cost me one hundred and fifty thousand. I mean, you know, bulldozers. But uh, but it's we're all fam- It's just the Louisiana family. It is. Keep it in the family. By the way, Jace, uh, I just came up with a like a cold open here. Just I just gave you a little bit of. It's pretty interesting that when the smoke cleared, after Jesus doing what he did and saying what he said for three years, that he would go down there and and he didn't win, couldn't didn't cross over, but three thousand of them, three thousand. You mean an axe? two. That's pretty interesting that all the work he did and the time he spent, and you would think who he is, what he did, but you look at the 3,000, you say 3,000. Well, I mean, 3,000. You know, in a, in a few, it wasn't that many waiting on him, waiting on the day of 
you know, the, well, that was only about 120 in the room. Right? 120 oh. in the room getting ready after all the miracles and after this supposed is, resurrection, which wasn't supposed. I, I, they, I bring it up because you ought to say something about it because it's pretty amazing that more people would die. Well, it shouldn't. It should definitely. You're, you look now, what would you say? Two, two, two billion maybe? That's what they say. I think that's yeah, right. but, two but billion. Talking one. about when them coming to Christ. They were changing their heritage, like we talked about on the past podcast. Yep, that had been going on for how many thousands of years? Yeah, we're going back to Moses. Yeah, so a declaration for Jesus was also saying you're changing the future of our mm-hmm. culture and heritage. Well, that'd been about thirty five hundred years of you know doing things a certain way, <laughs> and all of a sudden somebody shows up and says, "Okay, we're going to do it all different." So, yeah, but I mean, I, I would love to know about what they think, how many people there were out of that. But it, one thing for sure, Dad, it should make us feel a little bit better that Christianity takes time to build because for people to be convinced. It really does. Yeah, it does. It, even it, them, a lot of people, you know, they put their faith and trust in Moses. And, uh, and you got to remember, Jesus was unlike every other and I'm doing this in quotation, successful religious leader. He oh. didn't have a long life. Oh, you know, Moses was, had a long he life. Was like a, he was like a, I guess, because he was, of a homeless man roaming around. He was homeless and he died at an early age. I mean, even like Mohammed, uh, you know, Buddha, Confucius. I mean, I threw in Moses there because, I mean, I guess for Judaism. Yeah, Moses but lived 120 they years. They all lived long successful life. Abraham lived 150 years. That's right. So it's like, well, here's the pattern for, quote, I mean, you know, I'm being sarcastic here, but successful religious leaders, you you, you have to, because that's part of their, look, the Lord blessed me. And so here's Jesus dying at a relatively young age and through an act of injustice, which I think was a message to us also. It's just not what we think of when we think of success. You know? Well, think about it. And not only that, he he did it in a culture that you didn't even, nobody even listened to what you had to say until you turned 30. That's correct. Well, so, right. and, he, and he only lived three more years. So, so I mean, he did it in three years, not 33. But part well, of our it view. It seems like a very short ministry. It was. And with not a whole lot of fruit it, came out of what Jesus did. That's right. And like you said, though now it was slow and going. You know there was five hundred. Well, once they got going, you know five hundred. You know when was that? About Acts, Acts ten in there somewhere. Where where there was the five thousand? You mean? Yeah, there, yeah. Right that there. was like Acts four. So that was a little bit of time went by, and then there was another five thousand. So now we're up to eight that we know of, and and it kind of took. That off still seems relatively small for what was at hand and the promises made. That's true. But once Paul got going and got it around the known world, then it took off pretty good. Uh, I was going to mention, Lisa and I were traveling last week. I was kind of like Jay. Jay's mentioned on the last podcast, he was he was filming. So, and I was doing a lot of appearances, and um, so I went up to Missouri first, St. Charles, which is a really neat town I'd never been to. It was I didn't realize it was the original capital of Missouri, and it's where Lewis and Clark took off on their escapade yep. from, which was pretty incredible. So we stayed at a really cool place there and met some great people. Did you try to find me a place I could treasure hunt? Or 
Well, I didn't, but I bet you there's some stuff there on them riverbanks. I can tell you right now. I have the opportunity. I know some people now. I know some people. I've still got numbers. I'll have to check with my man. That's a good idea, though. Uh, Vite was the group that we did there, which is kind of a think tank, Zach, for the pro-life movement. It's a really. What's the name of it? It's called Vite, V I T A E, and they. There's kind of. That's why I called them when I found out what they did. It's like a think tank because they yeah. come up with research, with all this stuff for pregnancy centers to use. Really great. That's group. awesome. And then I went to uh, Camp Calvary, which I'm wearing their hat today, and in Macville or Willisburg, Kentucky. And I have to say, you know, it's one of those. Sometimes you don't realize you're tired and kind of at the end of your what you can do physically when, on, when you're on the road until I walked in this tent and there were 750 men at a men's retreat under this tent out in this, at this camp in Kentucky. And we started worshiping. And I mean, it was like, you know, you see those pictures in the Bible where it's like the dry parched and then this like the living water flow. I mean, that's exactly what I felt like. And I'm speaking but like we were in that worship together, I mean, it was just so refreshing and uplifting that, man, I mean, I was ready to run through a brick wall by the time I got up to speak to those guys. But I just wanted to tell them, because I know a bunch of them listen to the podcast, that you guys, I know you were encouraged by the message you heard from me, but I was encouraged by being there with you. I needed that. Mm. And I didn't realize it till I was there and in it that I needed it. So those guys were amazing. Jordan is the one that put it together. There's some incredible people. So Lisa and I loved it. And, you know, we're back home and back in the in our normal life. So that's what we do, right, Jace? We just don't quit. You're back at it. It's a blur. Speaking of speaking of the uh of the, the pro life stuff, I got a I was going through my text messages and uh I realized I had last year got a text from someone who you saw at a pro life event, Mike Johnson. Oh yeah, said, I ran into Al. Yeah, he said I ran into Al and Lisa, and man, I didn't know you moved to North Carolina, and you know, and and, uh, and now he is the speaker of the house. I thought, man, I should have texted him back soon. <laughs> if I if I only known. Well, I but look. Congrats. I knew I knew I had his number, so once he won the speakership, I I texted. It. I mean, I looked and saw. And his last text was he wanted your information. Well, he's out of Shreveport, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's an attorney over there, tremendous believer. I mean, locked into pro life. He, he is a, a quality dude. man, and so yes, I hope I hope it goes well for him. I just I, heard him speak for about fifteen minutes though, with a uh, Hannity. And uh, and I knew he was a solid, solid man. Oh yeah, no, he he's great. And, and like I said, he he's a he's a trooper and a warrior on the pro life side. So, uh, you know, they're already after him. You know how it is. I mean, the evil ones. Oh yeah, attack. But he's he's pretty solid. So I, I was hoping Zach when I saw that text. I said, "Might I hope Zach returned his text." I actually sent him a congratulatory text, but I hadn't heard back. But he is a little busy now. He's the speaker of the house. So. I'm sure we'll see him somewhere down the road. The yeah. Louisiana boy, though. Louisiana, I know. I was, I was brother in Christ. Yeah. I meant I meant to mention that on a previous episode. We've been so busy on this kingdom stuff. We got carried away that, that those last two podcasts, which I thought, by the way, were were great. Uh, Jace called me afterwards. What do you think? And I said, I, thought, I said I loved it. I don't. We went deep, but you well, know, that's a bad uh, sign, Zach. If you loved it, <laughs> uh, what about most of our audience? Uh, that may not be the scholarly type. Yeah. You'd have to bring your Bible and go study it. Because then one of my buddies who 
he does not have a, a kingdom view like we were talking about. And uh, he loves the Lord and, and one of my best friends. But he just called me right after that, you know. Yeah. He, he started. Oh, the saying, one you, you kind of argue with about or oh, discuss yeah. it with. But I will say this, because he didn't realize he tapped the glass on whatever he said. <laughs> yeah. He didn't realize that I've been studying for that for about a week and just gave two, two and a half hours of presentation. He poked so, the bear. Yeah, so I go through, I said, here's where you go. You know, I'm quoting Daniel 9 and Ezra 5, and of course he, you know, it was overwhelming because he thought, well, he must have been studying here. (laughs) But By the way, that's a reference. If you're wondering what Jay's meant, you know when you go to the zoo and you're in the snake, the snake house, and it said, do not tap the glass. Well, I figured yeah. everybody knew it. Now, well, I had to explain it because I got yeah. it, but I didn't know. Well, that but, what hap- but what happened was, like in Harry Potter, when he taps the glass, what, in this situation, the glass disappears, and the snake came out of the of Yes, the, the snake came out of That's yeah, why you don't it was tap. was kind of funny. Yeah. It's a funny metaphor. But what I was going to say is, uh, this is great news, and I hope he's listening to this today. When I asked him... Well, where's the third temple? Because I did that during the yeah. our podcast. <clears throat> and he said, well, I mean, I mean, they're trying to build it. Because he's up with all current events. Because he's thinking, he's trying to find the signs of when this day is going to come. And he's waiting for the kingdom to be set up. And I said, well, what if Jesus is the temple? So just like we did. Which yeah. I didn't think it was that big a deal. And he said, for the first time in our 10-year argument, you have my attention. <laughs> wow. Seriously. Man, so that's I, powerful. I, I wanted to say that. He said, I'm going to stop. I'm going home right now. And I, so I started trying to get in a few other key points. He said, you made your case. Now let me quit talking. <laughs> and he just hung up don't, on don't, don't ram it in my face. <laughs> so, which is not a point I've made in the past. I mean, Zach seemed to be already aware of that. Which I knew the verses that say that, but in the context of why and how the kingdom came in their lifetime and then will be fulfilled ultimately at the resurrection. I guess I was aware of the principle, but hadn't quite thought of it in that. Well, that got his attention. Well, yeah, that, you, that's very you know, powerful. It's, fu- it, it's funny because uh, after our, because uh, of what you brought to the table yesterday that, that, I, that I've not really considered in the way you said it at least. Was the, the like when you put that emphasis on what the third temple? I just I don't know it. It it, it kind of came together. But I was I was talking with, with uh, one of our pastors about our podcast, and yesterday I said, "Man, you need to you need to check it out." We because we're, we're you know we've we've been having a lot of discussions about this same topic. But um, but I was thinking, man, when when Daniel makes the prophecy in Daniel two that the kingdom that's going to be set up in the days of the Roman Empire. That, that that last part of the statue in those days will set up a kingdom that can't be shaken nor destroyed. I mean, I've always read that. I've always interpreted it that way, but I've never understood or never, I guess, piled into what does it mean when he says it can't, why can't it be shaken and why can't it be destroyed? Yeah. And, and, and one of the, the biggest reasons is because it's not a kingdom that's based on a geographical border. Yeah. They can all because if it's based on a geographical border here on planet Earth, then there's always going to be the threat that someone could come in and take you out. Yeah. No matter, I mean, that's just the way that the world works. 
So it's uh, hunting season is upon us. I mean, we're going to be duck hunting very soon. Deer season's already going. People are out. They're shooting their weapons. Uh, Jay's how important it is that, to have a clean weapon um, as, a, as a hunter. Yeah, it's just basic responsibilities. I mean, you know, hunting is dangerous in general. That's why we usually have a speech and a prayer pre-hunt every morning. That's right. <laughs> it's a speech to those who are new. But so, you know, part of that is taking care of your weapon and keeping it clean. Yeah, because not only does it improve the accuracy uh, and efficiency of the weapon, but it's also a safety issue because uh, you get things in your barrel. You need to make sure nothing's in there. Uh, I've learned that the hard way. So our friends at Barrel Buddy, uh, who the first time Zach and I met on the phone, uh, offered a prayer, which really uh, impressed us with those guys. So Christian company, good guys like us uh, saw a need and developed something that will work, the little polymers. They work for any uh, gauge shotgun uh, as well as rifle or pistol. And so you can use them whether you're just a gun enthusiast or a hunter uh, to make sure that your guns are clean and ready to function. So check them out. BarrelBuddy.com is where you can find them. B-A-R-R-E-L Buddy.com. So, Zach, you're right. It's not just – it's a kingdom that can't be shaken – but the idea is, and you see that description of it in Hebrews 12, it's also dimensional in the sense that it's not just from what we saw in Jesus coming during that era, but it even yep. goes backwards and it even goes into the other realm. Because remember he describes, he says there's, you know, joyful angel assemblies of angels, there's uh, righteous men made perfect from the past. And I mean, it's yeah. just, it's an amazing setup, the idea of the kingdom. Of how big it is, and uh, and this, yeah, I know Phil had something on this, but uh, the, before he goes, it's if Jesus, you read Hebrews, Jesus is the he's the he is the sacrifice, Jesus is the priest, Jesus is the king, <laughs> Jesus is, and and now we're now he's the temple. I mean, he like you, you start thinking about this, and you read the the word, and here's what I, I've come away with: all roads lead back to Jesus. They yeah. all lead back to him. He is the he is the manifestation of all of it. Phil, what were you going to say before the break? I was going to say that when Luke started the book of Acts, he he a little caveat there in a couple of places. Uh, you got to remember, Jesus is still on the premises. He's 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 on the premises. He's been raised from the dead. Uh, Forty days, roughly. That's all he stayed in. Adios. He is gone. So Luke said, I wrote about the, what all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. We were shocked that there didn't but, didn't but 3,000 in a few minutes after he gets done here, a few days, whatever it was. But uh, after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. So he goes into that. He appeared to him over a period of 40 days, and guess what he did? He spoke about the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. You're like, hmm, what could he have said? On one occasion, while he was eating with them, this is post-resurrection. He, he's, he's, on the, he's been raised from the dead. He gave them this command. Uh, don't leave Jerusalem, but 
Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now that's a pretty serious question. And they wanted to know, what, where, where's the kingdom? <laughs> it is not. Here's what Jesus said, and and he's fixing to fly off the premises. They met together and asked him, "Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel?" They still don't know about the Gentiles and the and the Jews. And then to bring us all together as one body. They still don't, they, they still think, they're looking at, at the, over there, the, the building's still standing there, and they're over looking at that. Are you going to, at this time, going to restore? It's not for you to know, Jesus said, the times or dates the Father has set in his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. In other words, he's saying the, the, uh, the teaching is all of this is falling into place. Spirit-filled men will be on the earth and without them realizing it, you read what the other prophets said who, who wrote this. Uh, let's say you got the Apostle Paul's coming up at Rome and, and you say, did he bring up the kingdom? They all did. Well, yeah. But I just wanted to remind no, that's everybody. Good. That's a good point. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After this, he was taken up. So I'm just saying, there was a. This is a beginning of something, and it was. Right. And it was I, about I, I, the. Sp- it it's was al- about the king. It's almost like you feel him thinking. He just unwraps I, it, kind of unwraps it slowly with the rest of the New Testament. You begin to read, and all your text with an explanation of the kingdom, there they all are right there. And they didn't start but with three, 30, 30, what was it, 3,000? 3,000. So it started small. Well, that's pretty, I mean, 3,000. <laughs> I mean, that's not bad, but that, think about this verse that you read there, verse eight, because he says, "I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you when, but there's a really powerful word that starts verse eight of Acts chapter one." But I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you the exact date. But that's right. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's right. So everything we've been talking about has been this temple, Christ being the cornerstone of the temple, us being the living stones built on the cornerstone of the temple. Point. That was my and point. And what right makes us, uh, yes, that's it. So it's, it, well, what makes, what, what's the point of the temple? Exodus 25, 1 Kings 6, it's where God dwells with his people. It wasn't, it the wasn't whole, thousands of years had to go by before this happened. I mean, no, it, it happened in Acts chapter two. The Holy Spirit's poured out on the day of Pentecost, right. and 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 then even this part where He says, uh, "You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and then all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth." Which is what's He saying? You're you're going to fulfill the Great Commission, but yeah. but the problem is, is they did not move out of Jerusalem. 
They stayed in Jerusalem. They didn't do. They didn't do what Jesus said that they were going to do but he, until. But he, but he fixed it where he scattered them. He, yeah. Until I was going to say until Acts seven, and and when Stephen gave the sermon that where he said God does not live in temples built by man's hands, and they killed him for that. That's when it says a fierce, a fierce persecution broke out against the church, and and that's when the church scattered. And guess where they went? They went to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the the earth, the ends of the Roman Empire. That's when it. That's when the Great Commission got pushed out, and so you start to see like God. I love this verse that what He says is it's not for you. He you know, the almost times or dates. He, he almost hid it. He almost like, he did. Well, he did hide it. Any any sovereign, and he's in control of it. That's why it says the Father has set by His own authority these times. Like we, yeah. we're trying to like, but He's like, like God's got His kingdom and He's bringing it. And you'll know when the Holy Spirit shows up. You'll but know. You know you'll is know. that the tongue in cheek moment in the whole thing? Is the very man that we talked about this that oversaw the scattering of the church, Saul of Tarsus, became its lead emissary missionary in spreading the kingdom to all of the Roman world. And I <laughs> yeah. mean, he hammered. I mean, only God talk about could, God's authority and timing. I mean, the guy, I mean, only God could come up with a deal like that. Oh, the guy you. that started the whole revolution thinking he was stamping it out actually fanned the flame. That is right. So I'd say that um, one of the issues that's probably huge for anybody, but especially in, in the Christian world, uh, is pornography, especially on young people, children now being raised in the digital world. Um, it's it's a problem out there. It's one that Satan has won a lot of battles in. Uh, almost half of Christian families say that porn uh, is in a is a problem in their home right now. Ninety percent of children ages eight to sixteen have viewed pornography online. Uh, most have said they have done that while doing their homework. So. We see the distraction of it. We see the way the evil one has worked it in at earlier and earlier ages. Um, and so we turn to some of our good friends uh, called Covenant Eyes. They've got software for phones, computers, other devices uh, that fosters online integrity uh, through relationships centered around accountability. You want people to be able to help you in the battle and to help protect your children as well. You can sign up for a free 30 days of Covenant Eyes by going to CovenantEyes.com. Enter the promo code Phil to get started today. So let's let's uh, take on this battle. Check it out. Free 30 days of Covenant Eyes at CovenantEyes.com. Use the promo code Phil to get started today. That is why I brought that up because it it's it's it it nullifies it nullifies the idea. Of we're yeah. sitting here two thousand years later, still waiting on to get here. Yep. No, well, not hardly. Because no. you sense the question. I mean, the key key thing we didn't go down the rabbit hole, which I think we should. Is he just you? You said a lot of things there that kind of you know just go over our head. He he was going around giving many proofs that he was alive for forty days. Yep. And your question is. Are you now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? I mean, it's really a bad question. I mean, I wish Jesus just yeah. would have said, "I just did." <laughs> I Where came were back you from the dead? <laughs> did you miss al- that? <laughs> That's why I said it's almost like he hid it. So well, uh, I think it was the response to a ridiculous question, though. 
are you now, and, and it wasn't a ridiculous question because it's hard for human beings. I'm not saying that was a bad question because I probably would have same, said the same thing. When, when are we going to take over? That, that was the question. When are we charging the hill and taking over the world? Because you can do anything. And he actually, Jesus said, you know, it's not for you to know the times and dates, but he's like, but you'll receive power. So it's not like he just stopped everything and said, you don't understand what kind of kingdom that I've just introduced. That's right. Because he introduced it by the resurrection. And you say, well, how do you know he was thinking that? Because then when they did receive power. He's thinking, they're look, thinking if you got the kingdom, if when it comes, all these powerful people at the top of well, it. They got it out of place. Yeah. Yeah. Said, no, well, yeah. It's just for everybody. But what I'm saying is when, so the re, because you said. Everybody well, is going to be in this kingdom. Because I made this argument with my buddy one time. And he's like, well, you, you're just, you're saying that. He wasn't thinking that. I was like, but watch what people do. What did they do when the power came on them? Did they go out and start storming the hills and fighting all the other nations and kingdoms? Or did they preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? So when I said, I just did, well, that's what they did after they received the power of the Spirit. That was the different kind of power. Which Which, was my point. Which when the 3,000 started this in Acts 2, well, who was doing the talking when that happened? When the 3,000 came, yeah, Peter, and yeah. and more technically, the Holy Spirit, which had just filled Peter. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But you're right, Peter. So when you read Matthew 16 and 17, when he, after he asked Peter in 16, Matthew 16, 16, who do you, what about you? Who do you say I am? Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, this is before he died and was buried and resurrected. Jesus replied, you're blessed, for that was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. So you have a revelation from the Father to Peter before Jesus died and resurrected that Jesus is the Son of God. But then you have, after Jesus died and was buried and resurrection, another revelation through the same man, post, through the Holy Spirit. And what was that revelation? It was that Jesus died and was buried and resurrected. Yeah. And, and watch what Jesus said. And I tell you in Matthew 16, 18, that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Well, if Peter has now the Holy Spirit, which the power that Jesus just described, what Phil read, has come on him. And it happened in chapter 2 and 1 through 4 of Acts. He then gets up and he doesn't say, here's the battle plan. We're going to move. We're going to Rome first. Then we're going to, you know, wherever, whatever nationalistic power you want to think of. He, He didn't do that. His 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 first word his first word was Jesus. But think about the and the guy who said this. He said, "Well, this wasn't in his personality. No, this was the guy who took the sword out and cut the man's ear off. I mean, this this wasn't his personality. His personality was the opposite of what was happening here. So you see that transformed life. I, I I love that. I mean, you're this is directly tied to to the the core of the gospel, in my opinion." Well, exactly. So in, in Acts 2, 22, when he said, men, he said, men of Israel, listen to this. So, so he's like, listen to this. 
Here's a guy with the, who Jesus said had the keys of the kingdom. When he said, listen to this, what was his first thing he said? Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God. He starts talking about him being the son of God. That he died, that he was buried. It was impossible for death keeps hold on. He was raised. We were witnesses. He was exalted to the right hand of God. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. What do we do? God's going to set up the kingdom. It's going to be, you know, the book of Revelation. It's going to be way in the future. Mark Mark, uh, chapter 5, verse 30. Again, he said, Jesus talking, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? Which that's a good, honest question. It's like, now listen to this. Now somebody said, well, we're going to, you know, in the future sometime, another thousand years, the kingdom's going to come. It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. He said, he's trying to get them to see little bitty seed, little bitty. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the, then the air can perch in its shadow. Many other similar parables. Jesus spoke the word to them. Well, if you turn your Bible back, that's Mark chapter, right there was Mark chapter four. In Mark chapter, Matthew, Matthew 13, uh, he came to him to explain us the parable of the weeds in the field. Uh, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. Talking about himself. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. The enemy sows them as the devil. Well, th this kind of uh, rhetoric, him talking like that, you say, this thing is coming in a hurry. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John the kingdom is near. It's near. It's near. It's near. So it's a far cry from somebody saying at the end of the world, God's going to set up his kingdom. Oh, the kingdom is are the ones that's getting out of here alive. So I've been a little bit under the weather the past few days, some kind of typical November sinus problem. So uh, one of the things that Lisa and I did as we were looking, though, at all the the high cost of everything out there is we decided to give Samaritan Ministries a try. And uh, the reason we do is because it's you become part of this Christian community. When you have a medical need, you have fellow members that are going to send money directly to you to help pay your medical bills. And you'll do the same for them. And one of the things I love about what they do is not only is it just a financial situation, but it's also prayer and encouragement. Uh, there's no networks which puts you in control of the family's health. You know what's best for them, so you choose the doctor, hospital, uh, or the treatment that uh, that your family needs. You can join today. Start healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries the day you complete your membership application or choose what month you'd like to start. It's totally up to you. It's not insurance. It's assurance that you're part of a healthcare sharing community. It's a biblical solution to healthcare. Now, where we bear one another's burdens, uh, and it can be a lot more affordable than what you're paying now. And I can attest to that as Lisa and I have joined. So whether it's a broken bone, 
sinus problems like I have, unexpected diagnosis, or other medical emergency, you'll find comfort knowing you're connected to 80,000 Christian households across the nation who stand ready to care for one another spiritually and financially during a time it's needed most. Become part of the community today at SamaritanMinistries.org slash unashamed. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash unashamed. Join today. So, Jace, it's, it's interesting because you brought up the point about the keys to the kingdom, which now we know was the unlocking of the Holy Spirit. Harvest is right? the end of the age, Al. Right. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. So, so the Holy Spirit, as it was poured out, becomes, therefore, our way of now knowing what God has established, right? So think about well, that. In terms of looking back, but the problem with that is, though, is most people believe that key, that Peter is in heaven right now with some keys in his hand, waiting to let you in. Yeah, I know. So think about. Th- I'm just saying. So the is the world. He and may the good have. Seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The the keys. He did say. Did he say key or keys? So maybe there was two keys. He says keys. the keys. Key. Right, I'll go with two keys. I'll go with one unlocking there. the Holy Spirit and one unlocking uh, whatever this world is uh, post-resurrection when we get our imperishable bodies. Right. Just keys, you know, keys. Right. I've never, yeah, <laughs> I've never I, thought I think, about that before. I think, it's, I think it's important to, you pointed out Matthew 16, and I, and I, I said, I got to go read that because I know I've preached on this before, and I remember when I preached it, I always have said, that when he says on this rock, I'll, I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. He's, I've always I've always taught that to be, he's not talking about Peter. He's talking about the confession that Peter made, because this is what the scripture says. He says, who do you say I am? And then they said, you're John, you know, uh, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah. He's, and Peter said, nope, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's what he said. That was the confession that Peter made. And to that, Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So the point of these talking about here is what was revealed to him, which was that he was the Christ, the son of God. And I tell you, you, uh, you are Peter. And on this rock, on this confession that you just made, I will build my church. So then you go to Acts 2, which you did. What was the, what was the confession that Peter said? that unleashed the Holy Spirit. Verse 36, let the house of Israel, this is in Acts 2, therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, the Jesus whom you crucified. That that was the, the, the summation of Peter's whole sermon there, was that the one, you, you've been waiting on the Son of God, you've been waiting on the Messiah, he came and you killed him. Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, the Christ. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter, and then and that's when that's when they got baptized. The Holy Spirit broke out. That's when it, that's when it all started. Yep. So in light in light of that knowledge, I want to go back to something we studied a while back. But think about it in terms of since we brought this truth out about this idea of keys to knowledge. Listen to what Jesus. Remember when he gave the woes to the Pharisees and the teachers yep. of law. His last one, he said, "Woe to you, experts in the law." Because you have taken away the key to knowledge. Yeah. Hmm. 
All right. Now just think about that compared to everything we just talked about about the Holy Spirit. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who were entering. So what he's looking at them is saying that this this commitment to law over me, this commitment to traditions, to everything you set up over me, what you're doing is you're hindering people finding me yep. and ultimately finding the Holy Spirit, yep. which is a part of this new system, this new temple that we've been talking about in this in this idea in the heart of the kingdom. So it's just interesting when you go back and look. I think it brings to light the idea about blasphemy. That's uh, they that's never Luke even, eleven. They never thought well, for a moment 52. how that they were the building. <laughs> no. Well, and how and how would they? Well, because look, let me just fast forward here, because we were supposed to be talking about prayer in Luke eighteen, <laughs> but I don't know what. <laughs> I, well, I got this horse going. Yeah. Phil got on the horse. <laughs> Phil and, caught it a cold open, but it was a. He said, it was he a, said a, I got uh, a heck of a cold open. I cold open. Well, let me hot open. Let me just go ahead and get further along where we're at in Luke eighteen, because if you want to know, well, I thought we were going to talk about Luke eighteen. Well, if you skip down to verse thirty-one, which I know I'm completely. You just skipped over everything we were supposed to talk about. So Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we are going up to Jerusalem and every, now just watch this statement. I I just think this makes more sense in the context of the conversation that we're having. We are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the son of man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about, which is why after he died and was buried and resurrected, and he gave many convincing proofs that he was alive, you then get a question from his disciples. Are we going to restore now? Or are we going to restore the kingdom? Is this when we take over? Israel, which, which I only bring this up to, to show they didn't understand it before. And they didn't understand it after. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so he then says, you're going to receive power. And I'll add, I'll add one thing. And, and your friend and mine and the people now. A lot of people, they still don't get it. Well, that's true. And the reason is, look, you know what's this is this is kind of silly, but I want to tell you, you would never guess that in the top ten as a metal detector, treasure hunter, top ten things that I find, you know, you got nails and uh, you know bottle caps, aluminum cans. One of the things I find are keys. As a you know, beep, 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 look, it's a key. Yep, it's another key. It's another. I have found hundreds of keys scattered across the earth, and I only say this because when you find a key, I immediately unlock things. I I immediately think every time I find a key, especially if it's like a little key to like a treasure box or something, I think, man, I want to find what this unlocked. <laughs> you know, where's the car? I found car key. I actually found a rare key to a like a nineteen. 19- 40-something Corvette or whatever. It was worth a lot of money. It was made of brass. It was the only key I found that wasn't rusty. It was just incredible. And my my point is, when Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of God, 
that that fact unlocks something. And so what that unlocks is what I'm the reason we're so adamant about what you know we believe Jesus is representing here is you don't want to miss what that unlocks. Yeah. It, it unlocks that you can be forgiven of your sins on a cross. This, this, is, this is why this kingdom is greater than all other kingdoms and crushes all other kingdoms. Because you can be, as if you never sinned, you can come back from the dead. You can have access, unlimited access to the creator of the universe. And you can have his spirit, part of his deity family, living inside of you, guaranteeing not only you have a counselor inside you to direct how you live your life, but it that same spirit cannot be dead. Yeah. It, you house that. It will take your DNA or whatever's left of you, and it will put it back together in an imperishable way. That's why what he was introducing it. What what Jesus being the Son of God, two thousand years ago. Because that's that. I really think that's people's biggest problem. Is they're like, what in the world does a guy dying two thousand years ago, a carpenter from Nazareth? What's that got to do with me? I will give you, know? you Peter, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I was going to get you to read because you started on a thought and I and you got about half of the word out of your mouth. But I thought I was thinking the same thing. What, go back to what you said, what you the verse you read about the keys connected to knowledge, and then you you made a point about the to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Well, fin, fin, uh, finish that thought out. Cause I'm yeah, because you know say. I was I was thinking it, it opens up when you look at forward. It opens up that idea not only the key to knowledge, but you remember when we talked about he said you know you can. You can um, you can say something about the Son of Man. I'm paraphrasing. He said, but you can't blaspheme the Holy Spirit and be forgiven. And so back when we talked about that text that Jesus brings up, I think that's what we said then, and I think it really you understand it better now. Is the idea is that that He came here? Remember John fourteen fifteen sixteen. He told the disciples. He said, "You think it's good with me here? Wait till I leave." I'm, I'm going to provide you with a counselor, a guide, a teacher, someone that's going to live in you. Remember, he, 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 he did explain yeah. a lot to them. They didn't get it. Yep. So what mm-hmm. he meant there, and I think this is the problem these other guys are having, is that you could question this Jesus of Nazareth that came out, and you're like, I don't know. He's a carpenter's son. And he said, I'll allow that, but you can't deny my deity and my spirit that now will live in you and somehow have because, a relationship because- with you. It's so funny you say that. I mean, here's my notes. You probably can't see them. <laughs> but it says it says keys, knowledge, John 14 through John 17, and blasphemy. <laughs> like, I, I wrote that down before you even said that. But I should go I was on tour this, together and do it. We should, man. We are in lockstep. But, but you think that text on the – and we've talked about this on our podcast a lot, but that text in John when Jesus gives a, a pretty exhaustive – doctrine of the holy spirit and like what is his role what what like what is the spirit coming for and maybe he does a lot of things that aren't attributed in that text but that is certainly the core of his purpose which um jesus says is this when he comes he will guide you into all truth when the spirit comes 
The Spirit will take what's mine and He'll make it known to you. He will convict the world of guilt, uh, judgment. What is it? What's the John 16 passage? Um, it was the three things that He's going to do. Uh, sin, uh, judgment, and then I think glory. And, but you, you start to understand the role of the Holy Spirit primarily, His primary role is to to reveal reality to us. I mean, that right. is the overarching uh, point that Jesus is making. And he even says, I have to go, and it's better for you if I go. That's right. If, because if I don't go, then he's not going to come, speaking of the Holy Spirit. Well, why, why does he need to come? Because I, with me, like Jesus, I'm in flesh. I'm, I'm in a body. I can't, I'm not going to be everywhere at the same time. The Spirit, though, when He comes, He'll live in you. He'll guide you into all truth. And that's why Jesus says prayer in John 17. What does He pray for? He says, Lord, He says, God, sanctify them. Uh, what does He say? Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And it's a, it's, He's pointing. That's how we are sanctified by the revelation of truth from the Holy Spirit. And so when you start thinking about the keys to the kingdom, you can't separate the keys to the kingdom from the Holy Spirit. But why? Because the whole because the because the temple, you are now the new temple. Where does the Holy Spirit live at? In a temple, not the one built by man's hand, but the one that was built by God. Us, we are the temple. We house the Holy Spirit and he reveals the truth to us. And here's why it matters in practicality. So why does this even matter? And this is why I love what we're saying here about the kingdom because I think it has very tangible practicality of how we actually live our lives out. Here here here's why. Because when you live a life that is not based on your your body being a temple of the Holy Spirit, then this is this will be your approach to sin. You'll 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 you will attempt to will it away because you will think that God is telling you that, that, that it's wrong. God is not telling you that it's wrong. God's telling you that it's not true. What he's saying is is that whatever the temptation is in your life that's like dominating you, what the Holy Spirit does if he's in you, he says, that's not true. That's going to lead to death, not life. Here is the road to life. And the only way you're going to have true victory over sin is not by willing it away. You can't will sin away. You can't bootstrap yourself up. You have to have a change of heart. You have to have a change of desire. You have to develop new taste buds to taste the Lord and see that he is good. And it is only by the uh, revelation of the Holy Spirit that you're ever going to see that. So that t- that's why I think all this ties up together. He's the initial word on all things, and words that you, you, this is the only truth that is. I mean, but yeah. that's why when it says, you know, Philippians uh, in Jesus, all the deity lives in bodily form. But that's also why you can take Galatians two twenty and say, "I have been crucified with Christ; I no longer live, but Christ lives in me." So, you know, talking about we're housing Christ himself through the Spirit because they are three in one. But what I was going to say is, you got to remember, this conversation came from Luke 17, which, but the point was it came from the Pharisees asking when the kingdom of God would come. And to Zach's point about the Holy Spirit, when Jesus said, people won't say here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you it, it's among you and so then he gives as part of that conversation this judgment on jerusalem and what we believe is the destruction of that temple in ad 70 and so 
you know, you're you're like, well, what is the point? Because this he had a greater plan, but in that process, this judgment was coming, and it did come. That's why when he gets to the next verse, which we'll go next, because that was really sad for them, because they're, they're still to the point of Acts 1, when are we going to restore the kingdom of it? He had already told them, oh, this whole place is going to be lit up. That's what they were wanting. That was the purpose of the question. But Jesus was yeah. saying, this is way greater. And that's why when he gets to Luke 18 and the first verse, he says, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them. And there's two things that they should pray. Look, not give up. And not give up. Because it's going to be way more difficult than you realize. I mean, not only am I going to die, be be spit upon, flogged. Look, that's going to happen to all of them because they put their faith in Jesus. And your whole heritage is going up in smoke in AD 70. I agree, and uh, and so we're, we're uh, out of time. But during our overtime, I thought I thought this was our our cold opening. <laughs> it was it, it was the longest cold it's opening. the longest cold <laughs> open in the history of Understand Podcast because we're literally out of time. We but are going to talk about Luke eight. We are, next and I've time. got another link to get us there before we get to the actual text in the next podcast. It ended up a hot closing instead of a. It was a hot closing. <laughs> oh, so if you want to follow us over into overtime, there's going to be. I'm making a really strong point that's going to link these together. You don't. And I'm going to share with you why I will not be taking my metal detector at the resurrection. Oh, good. So that's blazetv.com slash unashamed must hear podcast. Cliffhanger. See you on the other side. It might make you cry. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.